Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucking delics? What's happening? I am Mark Marin. This is my fucking podcast, WTF. I broadcast from my garage in the hills of Highland Park from the Cat Ranch, which is a self-designated name. It's not really a ranch. It's a small two-bedroom house with one bathroom that is slowly uh, being taken back by the earth. Some repairs need to be done. Fires continue out here in L.A. I'm sorry if you've been inconvenienced or you lost property. My heart goes out to you. Uh, it, it, I do not know why it happens every year. I, I'm sure there's an explanation. Gets awfully dry. Perhaps the, the fires come from the lack of water. The lack of water in the city. But it's been a little humid and the sky gets black and apocalyptic. And last night the sun looked red. Is it? I don't know. I, 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 I'm wary to drag God into it, but uh, you know, on a yearly basis, I do believe that the universe, let's call it the universe, the forces of nature, try to reclaim and take over or destroy the L.A. County region. Perhaps it's spite. Perhaps there's some sort of malice on behalf of the forces of nature that we here in L.A. are busy constructing a malignant alternate reality that we feed people we feed them. We create an alternate reality that manufactures uh, uh, falsehoods and fictions that end nicely or end badly, but still not real. But L.A., man, I, the fires creep me out. I do need to fix some shit in the house. I mean, I know I've talked about this ongoing theme. There are some ongoing themes, if you've been with us since the beginning, that uh, I can't seem to shake, that I'd like to shake, that would sort of uh, be relatively simple to shake, it would seem. Today on the show, uh, the amazing and funny Jane Lynch will join me shortly. If you're not connecting that with a person, you know her. You know her from Best in Show, from The 40-Year-Old Virgin, from Glee, from Party Down, from Talladega Nights, from A Mighty Wind. She was supposed to come over once before, and that didn't work out because she got frustrated, I believe, and lost and mad. A little, and then, uh, you know, we, we made up for it. We made up for it. I'm sweating. I don't have the air on. I can't put the air on while I'm recording. Thanks for asking. Tour, yes. I will be in Bloomington at the Comedy Attic this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I believe all those shows are sold out. Stand Up Live in Phoenix, August 20th for two shows. Still tickets. Albuquerque Journal Theater, September 3rd. Still tickets. The Comedy Club in Rochester, 
the 9th and 10th of September. Don't know what's up with that. There's probably some tickets. But the bigger shows, a few theaters for the Two Real Tour with my new Two Real photo shot. At the Wilbur, September 24th in Boston. At uh, the College Street Music Hall, September 25th in New Haven, Connecticut. At Troy Savings Bank Music Hall in Troy, New York, October 14th. At the Carolina Theater, November 17th in Durham. At the Knight Theater in Charlotte on November 18th. At the James K. Polk Theater in Nashville, Tennessee, November 19th. I'm at the Vic for two shows in Chicago, December 3rd. That's all that's released right now. Those are the dates leading up to some other things. I'll let you know. Good. I did that. I self-promoted me. All right. Buster the Kitten. How's Buster the Kitten doing? Buster Kitten. Buster Kitten. Buster. He's all right. The Black Cat Kitten is okay. I've posted a video on Instagram today. Yes, I did that. I posted a cat video. It's not that great, but there's a lot of heart to it. What's happening is I have these old cats, Monkey and LaFonda. LaFonda is a, is a is slightly temperamental uh, older female cat. And Monkey, it turns out, is a, 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 a very skittish uh, and somewhat cowardly male cat. And now I have this little, like he must be three and a half, maybe three months old, you know, Buster Kitten. And, and all Buster wants to do is play. So he's pushing up against these old cats and they're not they're not hitting them they're starting to accept it but they're not playing and i and it breaks my heart this is my little my little melodrama my little uh, uh theater of heartbreak is to see buster just jammed with kitten energy running around looking for pals and these old cranky fucking cats are just like and i, I talked about this but it's it's ongoing but it looks like monkey's starting to give in it looks like monkey is starting to to uh, engage and uh and 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 sort of uh you know become open to the kitten you know he's more mature than i am it seems he's able to process um you know trust a little quicker it's only been a couple weeks lafonda i don't know i don't know what's going to happen there i just hope that buster doesn't lose a fucking eye so here's the deal you know you get old you get older you get set in your ways you start to justify your shitty behavior now, mine has become more limited. You know, there's only so much I can do. But there's some part of me that thinks that I can't change or I don't want to change or I'm too old to change. I never thought I would be that guy. I do think I've changed a bit. I've evolved. I'm not sure if people change, but you, you can tweak and, uh, and sort of uh, kind of rewire and, you know, kind of, you know, try to, try to sort of uh, disable some old uh, machinery. But, um, but, you know, I still got this thing. I still got this, this heart. I still got this heart problem that's not necessarily, it's not a physical malady. It's a mental and uh, emotional thing. Like, I, I just noticed that I was getting angry. You know, my relationship is, is nice. It's going well. Uh, and and I, I don't know whether I react to stress or what happens, but I started talking about politics a little on stage and I got to this point where I don't even really like my tone when I talk about it because I've been so open up there. So you try to do it in an open way, but then I feel anger coming out. And then when the anger comes up, there's a little bit of satisfaction to self-righteous anger. It feels good feels good to to fucking you know swagger around up there with a very defined and biased and partisan point of view and 
call out the dummies and and do that thing like i I used to live in that and i it's not very far away from me so i feel that happening on stage and i feel like i'm distancing myself from my true self it's a manifestation but it's not a good one no one likes that even if you're funny they're not gonna like you i mean you can get laughs but it doesn't they're gonna be like this guy a little worked up but i feel it's important so sort of wrestling with how to discuss my feelings about the political climate and then um, then do the other material, which seems uh, not irrelevant, but mundane, which it might be. But there's a, there's a lot of existential beauty in the mundane. If there wasn't, there'd be no poetry. There'd be no painting. There'd be no art. So but I felt the anger crunch. I felt the clamp coming down on my heart and it started to pervade. I started to sort of like you know, get, you know, sort of cocky and defensive and reactive. I started engaging with trolls on Twitter. I started to feel the juice of rage bubbling up within me and riding it, but not letting it consume me. And then over nothing, after we had a lovely day, I got I got mad over nothing and uh, kind of, you know, raged around like an asshole a little bit. And, and I didn't, you know, it was weird with, uh, you know, in those moments where you have, uh, you know, a little outburst, which is not unusual in the couple situation. You know, I haven't been doing it much and I, you know, maybe it was building up or maybe it was, uh, but it's really, it, there's other ways to communicate. I didn't choose those. Something just popped and uh, you got you to gotta get a handle on that popping. But what is that emotional injury right there? What is it that happens when you feel that pop where you're like, Bleh! I mean, just opens up so fucking quickly. And then you're in the rage and it's like crack and you got to fucking come down from it. And then, you know, then, you know, you think you're justified because you have to be because you don't want to shoot down the, the shame shoot. You, you want that to be a slow decline if possible. You don't want it to be immediate because then, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a buzzkill. But whatever the fact is, little, little ashamed that uh, that that happened, that I, I, I raged out a little bit. And um, just cop into it, and we talked about it, and uh, and I got to fucking work on it, you know, because I've just I've been avoiding it. I don't do it much anymore, but it happened, and you know, it's like I got to get a handle on this shit. You know what is so goddamn scary? What is so threatening? What little dumb childhood wound in this grown-up fucking rib cage needs to be uh, carterized? got to carterize that fucking hole in my heart so it doesn't volcanically erupt at the at, at, at the the sort of delicate moment of building intimacy got to move through it got to focus got to get myopic got to fucking close down the distractions you know stay in the feelings and not fucking ruin everything God damn it. But uh, I guess I'm just trying to reach out. If you have this situation and uh, and you know something that I don't know about uh, carterizing the childhood wound on my heart so it doesn't have lava emitting properties, so we incapacitate it to keep the lava inside. So again, Jane Lynch, very exciting. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I told you where you would know her from. Best in show, 40-year-old virgin, Glee, Party Down, other stuff. 
and I was happy she stopped. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. I had uh, indoor cats when I moved to the canyon, and they eventually became outdoor cats, and, and they survived. And they, they did? Yeah, they they loved it out there, you know, and they would always come home. And, and now I have another cat. They passed away, both of those cats. Naturally? Naturally, yeah. That, in the canyon. I, I purposely put them down. Yeah, in the canyon. That's astounding. Yeah, we have now an eight-year-old cat who has survived. You know, well, mostly that, eight years. I mean, not that he was killed in the middle of it, but he, he lived elsewhere. He lived in Berkeley with my ex. Oh, really? And now she lives with me. I live with my ex. Oh, really? Um, yeah, we, it's great. It, we we get along and it's- As roommates? Home. As roommates, yeah. Yeah, we're, well, we don't like sleep in the same bed. She yeah. has her own room. Right. But we're we're like co-pilots in life. So you both have lives outside of the life you yes. have at home? And you... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But she's also my assistant when I need one. Right. And she doesn't feel like demeaned by any of that. Yeah. She's really a perfect human being. That's amazing. She's really perfect. She's even more perfect than when we dated. I don't, oh my God, I don't even know how that happens. Like, <laughs> know, me just thinking about like, oh, me and my ex are roommates now. Yeah. Never. Never. Well, no. there I have several exes where that would not happen. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I just want to make <laughs> yeah, sure right. you're, I'm not like you're a normal person. <laughs> right. It's not like, uh, yeah, uh, what is it? Modern love. I don't understand it. I really don't. I don't. I don't understand any of it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a monogamous person. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I'm in a relationship, I don't know how people do open relationships. I don't mm-hmm. understand it. Well, I, I think that romance is the yeah. problem. Right. I think the expectations that come with romance, yeah. um, which are unnatural. You and mean inhuman. romantic thinking? Like yeah, this romantic talking. thinking. Right, yeah, right. like this is going to be something that's yeah. going to complete me. Yeah. I mean, how about the movie? You complete me. Right. It's bullshit. The worst. Oh, it's the worst. Um, I do a, a live stage show. Yeah. We do a medley of songs, um, uh, love songs. Yeah. And we sing the stuff that, yeah. you know, we're, we were brought up with yeah, these right. notions let it right. please be him and yeah, yeah. i won't last a day without you yeah. oh yeah yeah and then that's it that's the show the no that's commentary that's it. no it, no 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 is I it do ironic a yeah it's ironic okay, i okay. start uh, i i started out singing um that song <laughs> I, it all depends on you and in yeah. between each phrase i go you know romantic relationships are basically bullshit yeah and i tell you know that i basically ha- i had a um uh, renaissance in terms of thinking and yeah. uh, i i'm done with the romance it's yeah. stupid so what do you look for now nothing i'm i'm happy girl right here right now right i love it yeah i love I, the now i the romantic thing like if somebody has romantic notions that you're with mm-hmm. you start to feel the pressure of them oh yeah it's it's crazy it's so high you yeah. start to change yeah they start and you're, you're both acting artificially right and they start getting disappointed by their idea of what you should be right and then you're like oh i gotta rise to what That's their right. idea is of me oh it's crazy it's the biggest it's lie in the world and then you end you end up resenting the reality of them yeah exactly <laughs> 
It's like, crazy. Isn't lower it? your expectations. I'm not who you think I am. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Nelly, relax. <laughs> so we tried to do this once before, and we I remember did. like I had this horrible uh, vision of you. You got lost. I or... got lost, and I was really cranky to your assistant. And I want to say right now, and oh. I know she doesn't work for you anymore. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was like, you know what? I can't leave the Los Angeles general area because I don't know where the fuck. I am. I was at a gas station where Glendale Boulevard meets the two meets. I didn't know where I was. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah. So this is really, this is like a day trip oh for you? Oh my God, yes. Come it's on, a big it's deal. not as bad as going west. No, it's not. At least not. it's more interesting. You kind of, streets you've never seen before. But and... I know my way going west. Now I know this. And the, the trick for me is to stay on the 101 to, sure. the, to the 134 yeah, yeah. to the two. And right. I got here with no problem. Right. Yeah, I don't know how you, I, like, I, I didn't know. Uh, so I apologize. I was Well, I'll tell her. I'll tell Sam. Crazy. She's a, right. I just had this vision of you just aggravated in your car and just saying "fuck it," and I which was I've so done. you know uh, uh, we all do it. I guess yeah, yeah. I was at, it was at a time too when I was just too busy. Right. I oh, did. Yeah. I was doing too much, and yeah. I mean that's a great quality problem. But I was doing too much, and yeah, now yeah. I'm like I, I got the whole day. I can hang out here. As oh, as good. <laughs> Man, I got some, in. Maybe we could just listen to some records yeah, or something. Yeah, why not? Let's hang. So what? You're on break from everything. Everything. Really? Yeah. But yeah who, on who purpose. Knows if I'll ever work again well, and it's okay I think you've done alright <laughs> I'm kind of you know kind of sitting back <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. loving having no plans was that a choice you just so, it sort of was you have yeah, to was, you have to make the choice because somebody yeah. like you I imagine like come on just do this thing right yeah, yeah. That, that's happened and then again it's not happened too it's almost like because I, I put that energy out there nobody's coming in oh really it's kind of like you, but you're not freaking out you're no, enjoying it no not at all I'm having a great I, well, time it's, it's sort of astounding how long you've been in show business in yeah. a way I mean, not in a bad way, but I mean, <laughs> I was watching The Fugitive. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Jane Lynch is just being a doctor. Right. Okay. In, in, in 1980. Straight something. role? Right, right, right. In Chicago, I was a local hire. Is that, that, is that true? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you grew up in, in Chicago? I grew up on the south side of Chicago in a suburb. Really? Yeah, and I, and I worked in Chicago for uh, uh, probably eight or nine years before I came out here. Like a big family? Um, not a real big family. We're Irish Catholic, but we kind of, you know, the rhythm method kind of kicked in. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were responsible <laughs> they Irish They were responsible Catholics? Irish Catholics. Not like, ah, yeah. oh, another one. <laughs> right. <laughs> make room in the other one's room. <laughs> right, exactly. No, there were three of us. Oh, that's it? Yeah. And what what, what kind of family? What kind, Irish Catholic, what's your dad do? Yeah, my dad was a banker. Yeah. And local uh, savings and loans kinds of kind of thing. Like small bank before yeah, small the big bank. banks? Exactly. But he worked at LaSalle National Bank, which yeah. I think now was bought up by... Uh, Bank of America, but it was one of the bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He started out there, and then he, he got progressively smaller banks, but bigger. And he was position. a loan guy? He was a loan guy. He had his desk at the bank? It, and did everything with paper. And so you would walk in, and he said, I'd like a loan. They go, well, go see you got Frank Lynch over there. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Sit down. So what do you got there? What do you got for collateral? Uh-huh. I mean, it was like yeah, old school. Yeah. I, d- I like those guys with the desks at the mm-hmm. bank. Yeah. They, they, they look like they're more important than anybody they at the do, bank. They do, and you kind of want to sit are. with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was one of those guys. Uh-huh. And, and your mom did my what? My mom was a, um, a stay-at-home mother, but she didn't yeah. want to be, I don't think, deep down inside. She wanted to be I don't think any out. of them do. Yeah, really. It, it, I think that was kind of the response to, um, after World War II, uh, yeah. you know, the women basically ran everything in World War II. Right. And then the guys came home, and so they had to develop washers and dryers and, and yeah. vacuum cleaners to get the women back <laughs> into the house, you know? And I think my mom was uh, like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. But uh, the second she could, as soon as my younger brother uh, was in school, she became a secretary for the school district. That's so funny. I was about to say real estate license. Yeah, like... no, she didn't go that far. She was a great secretary, uh-huh. and she was a she did shorthand. Oh, really? Yeah, she knew how to take shorthand. Which, 
much. Like no, no one, no one does that anymore. No one. Yeah. I remember seeing like a you know the, like a like a notebook that had shorthand right. on it. And I'm like, what's the point what? of that? <laughs> I can't I can't read my I regular can't. writing. Right. Can you? <laughs> but they you know they sit down with the boss and the, the fast really I guess guy, it was and and then they go back and type it and she was a great typist and you uh, know she worked until um, she retired. I think she was about 65 when she retired. And you have and you're the oldest. Uh, old? I have an older sister who's uh, has four children. Oh, that's great. Two have right. lived with me at different times. One lives with me now. Uh, how many people are living at your house, Jane? Uh, right now, I yeah. have my my friend Jennifer, the, my ex and, and good friend. The ex and good friend, yes. Yeah. And um, my niece, Alan, she's 25. Uh-huh. She lives in the guest house. And my uh, Jennifer's son, Harry, yeah. he's 23, and he lives in the guest bedroom. So there's a guest bedroom and a guest house. Your niece lives in the guest house right, right. because she wants to be here? Or she's... Yeah, she wants, she wants oh. to act, and she's doing really well. She did three national commercials since she's been here a year and a half. Really? Yeah. She And she looks nothing like me. She acts nothing like me. She's a completely different human being. That's I like hearing stories when family members are living with other family members. It wasn't because, like, I got, had to get out. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Here's no, the... that wasn't it. It was, oh, all, it was a beautiful thing. And you started, like, when did you start really acting? Did you always want to do the, the acting yes, thing? Yes, I, mean, I knew right away that's what I wanted to what, do. What, like, what made you know? Like, I did... guess being uh, watching television. Oh, that's and, it? Yeah, and, oh, and I remember um, going to see a play when I was about... I, w- I was so young that the memory is like foggy. It's through like mists. I mean, it's happening to all my memories. Like <laughs> two hours mists. ago, it's yeah, right. a mist. <laughs> and I went to see a play in the neighborhood at the neighborhood school with the older kids. And um, I remember the lights went down and the lights came up and it was this whole world. And I was oh, so enchanted and fascinated by it. I will never forget that Theater's moment. mind-blowing. Even, mm-hmm. even if you see bad theater or amateur theater. I agree. There's something about it where it's like, this is really happening. Exactly. I agree. And you know, when I go to little towns, like I'll visit, I went to Cambria once and there was a little theater there, and I yeah. loved. And they weren't performing, but they were rehearsing. And it said, "Open rehearsal. Come huh. join us." Yeah. So I went in there, and they looked at me like, "What are you doing here?" I said, "Open <laughs> rehearsal." And they said, "Oh, yeah, okay." <laughs> and it was very Corky Sinclair, man. Why is Jane Lynch here? <laughs> they didn't. I, I wasn't. I wasn't Jane Lynch back then. I oh, was you weren't the schmuck off the street. Oh, you this just would have been like two thousand. Really? Yeah. And you yeah. just kind of wandered in. I wandered what in. were you doing in Cambria? Wandering around. I was with my parents, and we had just gone to the uh, what's his name the, the the place down. Oh God, the Hearst. Uh, oh, the Hearst Castle. Castle. Yeah. Did you see the elephant seals? Yes. Oh my God! Amazing. What the fuck is going I, on? I know. <laughs> it's, just, it's the weirdest thing. I yes. never. I didn't know it existed. Yeah. And me and my buddy, he had never done the coast. We're right. driving down. We just see people like hanging out. We're like, let's get out. And there's just a thousand seals right. giving birth, fucking, <laughs> beating each other up. And I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. And kids are watching there's, it. There's, it's, they're it's, still doing it. I was just. I just went to Big Sur, and every, oh, every 15 miles, people were turned off the road watching. It's, this. it's really astounding, but yeah. it's a little. It's a a little rough mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> yeah, they are tough. they're a brutal breed and they're huge mm-hmm. oh hearst castle's nice too. yeah hearst castle was a that swimming pool inside the blue one with the gold and stuff like, and and did you have a, a decent docent i think so <laughs> our, I, my our docent was amazing oh and really like just, obsessed like yeah, obsessed everything. and she was funny and yeah, yeah i just was enchanted it, it, with her but you know when you get done with it you don't yeah. it, you don't feel good about him no i mean you're like what was he trying to do yeah he was kind of a dark guy but i yeah. love that everybody Everybody went there, and I love that they had to take a t- helicopter. Yeah. And the 101 at that time was like you, you could go 25 miles an hour on it, so it took you five, six hours to get there at least, just for a party. Yeah, just for a party. That's how important he was. Yeah, Charlie Chaplin would travel seven hours. Yeah, to you, come swim in his pool. You know, Charlie Chaplin has a hotel in Montecito, which I love going to Montecito. It's right on the corner. Um, it's called the Montecito Hotel, and he um, 
uh, uh, founded it, built it, and everything. Back for in any the special 20s. reason, or just because? I think that that's when people were going to like the ranch, the San yeah. Isidro Ranch. They were taking vacations there, and they were heli- helicoptering in uh-huh. and driving up the 101. The only story I hear about Charlie Chaplin, either residences or ex, like I've met several different people in L.A. who said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, apparently my house used to be like uh, one of Charlie Chaplin's girlfriends that he'd keep on the oh, side." Wow. Like I've heard that like three times. Yeah. Like he just had women everywhere. Yeah, tucked yeah. away in bungalows. Have you ever been to Largo? Backstage at Largo. Cornet, yeah. Yeah, the Cornet. Yeah. He has uh, several terrific pictures of Charlie Chaplin, a little older, because he used to have an right. office in, in the Cornet. He ha- had an office. Oh, is that true? I didn't yeah. know that. What do you do over at Largo? You do the stage show? Well, I did. I usually do um, Harry Shearer and Judith Owen's uh, Christmas thing. Yeah. But I have this stage show, this uh, live music show that I've been doing around the country, and we did two nights there. We did Wednesday and Thursday. And this is where you sing the uh, romantic songs? Yeah, well, that's one of the, one of the, one it, of the numbers. It's one of the bits. Is it just you? It's me. It's me and Kate Flannery. Yeah. Kate Flannery was Meredith the Drunk on The Office, and she's oh, yeah. a she's really great. good friend, and we've yeah. been singing together forever. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, th- we have a five-piece band that is just to die for. They are amazing. Yeah, and you guys do shtick? Um, we do a little shtick, and the band gets involved in yeah, the shtick, yeah. but it moves really fast. It's hopefully very, very funny, and it's eclectic music. It's everything from Irving Berlin to Nicki Minaj to uh, Mark Frischberg. I don't know if you, yeah. he does great funny Do you jazz sing stuff. earnestly? I do sing earnestly, and then I sing goofing around. Too. Right. Do you know Jill and Faith Soloway? Yeah. They wrote a song. They're good friends I know from Chicago. Jill. Yeah, Jill and, and her sister is Faith, and they've been working together forever. But um, I've worked with them a lot in Chicago, and they're good friends. Uh, they wrote this song called If Wishes Were Rainbows, So Am I. And so that I open with that. You mean Jill big... from out here? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I've not met her sister. Maybe I met her sister once before. I know Jill. She's been in here a couple times. Yeah. I, since I've known Jill, yeah. she's always been somebody giving birth to something fantastic and mind-blowing yeah did you know her in chicago yeah i lived with her mother what (laughs) i lived in the basement of the house that she grew up in for probably a year and a half how the hell does that happen well i was here in la doing the real life brady bunch which is jill's baby jill and faith's baby we did actual episodes of the brady holy shit i forgot we were a little bit of a cultural phenomenon no i remember i saw it in new york oh did you at the village were you there yeah then i saw you do it yes Downstairs at the Village Gate. At the, the Village big room. Gate, yeah, right. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then I went back to Chicago, and I did, was doing a play, and I didn't have an apartment anymore, so I stayed with Elaine in her basement. Okay, so you see acting, you saw mm-hmm. plays. Did mm-hmm. you act in high school? I did, yeah. I, I, I acted in, um, but I quit my first play. I, I, I got scared. I was doing a one-act adaptation of uh, The Princess and the Pea, and I was playing the king. Yeah. And I, I got a lot of laughs at the audition, and then the first rehearsal, I didn't get any laughs, and I quit. Really? Just yeah. freaked out? I freaked out, and then I got in my little high school community, theater community, I got the reputation of a quitter, so I wasn't cast after that until I did a uh, production of Godspell senior year in my theater arts class where you had to. I so had you to always sang. Yeah. Yeah, I love to sing. And you, but did you want to be a serious actor? Did you, because like, or it didn't matter? It didn't matter. I I was one of, I was non-discriminating. I said yes to everything. Because you're primarily, I would say, a comic actress now. Yes, probably. Yeah. But I I love to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw you. I saw you in The Fugitive. Yeah, I was, that was serious. Yeah, very serious. You had uh, like slides. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And you had proof of something. Exactly. I had proof of something and I (laughs) solved some mystery. About it's a liver important. sample. Yeah, yeah. it's very important. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Locking eyes with Harrison Ford. He oh, he seems he's like a intense guy. guy. He's yeah. very serious. Yeah. I, I don't. I may. I know he's been funny. I've seen him be funny. He's funny in the Star Wars movie. Maybe not off camera. But yeah, I'm trying to think. In Star Wars movies, he was charming. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's a guy given to levity, though. He yeah. doesn't impress me that way. Right, right. And he was really, really lovely to me. Yeah. Um, but maybe not so much everybody else. Oh, really? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> You're not going to say yes or not going to deny or confirm, no. but... Just for a second here, I thought, would he be listening to this podcast I don't think and go, so. that bitch, I was he, so nice to her. Oh, that well, that'd be exciting. Mm-hmm. Then maybe he'd have to come on here and go, like, I want to answer some of the <laughs> accusations. <laughs> right, and really you, seriously yeah. with no sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you went to uh, college, did you do acting? I did, yeah. I, I uh, At Illinois State, and it just so happens, it was the only state school I could get into because I had shitty grades, but it also had a terrific theater department, and all the kids from, this, now they're all grown-ups, of course, the Steppenwolf Theater, which is a fabled theater in uh, I know. Chicago yeah, yeah. with uh, Joan Allen and John Malkovich and Gary Sinise and yeah. Terry Kinney and Tracy just, uh, Letts. Tracy Letts. Actually, he came even af- more after that. He's around my age. These guys were probably about eight or nine years older than so me. So wait, so they were involved with your, your... They went, a lot of them went to Illinois State University. Really? So I had a lot of their same teachers and some of them would come back and teach workshops. So I got to meet a lot of them. Like, Re- like I met who? Rondi Reed. Yeah. Um, uh, Joan Allen. I don't know that Joan came back to ISU. I just Lori saw. Metcalf. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so when I got to Chicago, I had a, a kind of a natural, I got to be in a couple of their plays. Now, were you in the, were you actually in Steppenwolf? I was not in the ensemble, but I did about three shows. How did it work there? Because I don't know that I've talked to, maybe, I don't th- know if I've talked to anybody who's been inside that world. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, was it a troop? Was there a, yeah, a it was core a troop. group? There was a core group and then they would add now and again, but it was kind of a big deal. You know, they, right. they were known anybody. for intensity. Yes, they were known for intensity. It's an actor's theater. Yeah. So it was completely re- revolved around the actor's art. Everything served the actor. And I, not that, you know, we didn't pay attention to wardrobe and everything, but it it, it was an, in, it, the acting process was, you know, given great reverence. And, and who, like, who's, like, whose concept was it? Who were the guys? Gary tri- Sinise started it. In fact, I don't think he went to college. He's the one who found the church basement in Highland Park for all of them to come. Really? Uh, yeah, he was like sleeping his car and he was the one who loved Steppenwolf and named the group after them. So he was kind of the the wind beneath the wings of, uh-huh. of that formation. Yeah. And then came Terry Kinney and Jeff Perry. Terry Kinney's a great actor. Yeah, he's a great actor. I haven't actor seen too. him lately. Yeah, he's a New York guy, I think. I think he, he you know what I saw him in? I saw him in um, Sarah Silverman's movie. He played the drug counselor. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was wonderful. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, just a little He's thing, always great. Very honest. What plays did you do at Steppenwolf? Um, I did a, a play called Reckless, Craig Lucas wrote, yeah. with Joan Allen, and um, Terry directed it. Terry Kinney directed it. So you're working with Joan Allen. And Boyd Gaines. Um, I worked with her, yeah. I worked with her back in 19... 19- so she was still there. Ninety. In- she was actually living in New York and came back and do it. And a lot of they in, in those days anyway, they would be gone elsewhere, but they would come back and do a play. What was that like? Um, great. Because you, know, you were, were like young, the stars. right? Stars. Yeah, I was. She's. You know, I was just out of college and maybe I was twenty eight or something. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a big deal. Not only did I know who she was from like movies and such, yeah. but you know, growing up in the theater and you know, we knew who the Steppenwolf people were. Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty big it's like deal. A mythic. And then Terry Kinney directing it was a yeah. huge deal. I did a show called Terry Won't Talk with a, a and a guy named Jim West directed it, and I understudied a play called Stepping Out. Yeah, which um, I ended up going on, and uh, that was a great thing. And then I did a uh, that was a wonderful play. Then I did a play called uh, Inspecting Carol that I. 
did while I was living with Elaine Soloway. So it was after the Brady in Bunch. In the basement. And I was living in the basement and doing at, uh, uh, theater Inspecting in Carol. Yeah, with Austin Pendleton. <laughs> uh, Eric Simonson directed it. Did Steppenwolf stay in the same location? Was it actually no, a basement? It, moved. Oh. it was in Highland Park first. Yeah. And I, I didn't know that. That was yeah. way back in the early days. Yeah. And then it moved to the Jane Addams Hull House on uh, Broadway in New York. And it was like kind of still in a basement. Yeah. And then it moved to a theater on Halstead. Um, and they were there. That's where I performed. I did the last show that was there. And now they've got this huge, they're still in Halstead. They have this huge, beautiful state-of-the-art theater that was, you know, sponsored by United Airlines or something sure. like that. And I did the second play there. Okay. Yeah, so that's a wonderful play. So Malkovich never came back. Uh, he did. I yeah. think he did. He did. When a, you yeah, were he did around. a play with, not when, yeah, he, I, he did. He, he did a play with Joan. Alan and I can't remember what it was called, but it was a two-hander, and I forget what it was called. Burn this was it? Burn, uh, did you see? Yes, I, it was burn this, uh, and they went to Broadway with it. Yeah, so that was like in the nineties. Well, I you saw really that. Know your Steppenwolf. I saw you that. You saw that. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't see a lot of theater, but I remember at some point when I was younger, being a mm-hmm. huge Malkovich fan and going to see Burn This, yeah. and just like him running around yelling. Yeah, yeah. He's very good at that. Yeah, he's great at yelling. He's a great yeller. Yeah. Um, did you see Bomb and Gilead? No, I didn't. Oh, that was amazing. That was Laurie Metcalf's yeah. big star turn. I think it's Lanford Wilson. Yeah, it's yeah. really dark. Yeah. And and she's the kind of the 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 yokel from the south side of Chicago. He's in the big right. city sitting at a sitting at a diner and all these characters and yeah, she was fantastic. Do you go to theater? I do. Yeah, I go Here? a lot. Here um not so much. I don't know where it is. Yeah, I don't know where it no, is. I'm going to get a lot of bad emails. We're doing a show right now. Yeah, right, want... right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I did theater here too. I did some like on Santa Monica Boulevard. I did a lot of sketch comedy. Um, where Upright Citizen Brigade is. I did a show. At the Tamarind? Yeah, the, the old Tamarind. Tamarind. A lot of shows there. My first one-person show, and I'm doing air quotes for those who can't see me, because uh, I had like four people in it. So you like, I, so that that implies to me that when you got, you, like all those theaters, I just assume, mm-hmm. are just filled with relatively good actors. Yeah, like the Hudson. Or, or just the, trying to get something done. Yeah, do their thing. Yeah, well, and that's when I first got here. That's what we did. There was like a group of us. We had done the Real Life Brady Bunch, and we absorbed other people. Like Will Ferrell did stuff with us we had this thing called the beachwood palace jubilee that we used to do every monday night. wait but wait let's go from wait so did you mm-hmm. go to graduate school yeah oh yeah oh yeah let's go back i went to graduate school after illinois state i went to cornell in upstate to New acting York. for real right and they had a two-year mfa program and i got a nice little scholarship you know it was really good but i gotta tell you the training i got at isu was really fantastic so like two year cornell that's a that's a fancy school it's a fancy school and it's kind of a small like, um theater program mfa though. and theater right and i did curse of the starving class there among other things which is a sam shepherd play oh and so were there like 12 of you was it like that small very small yeah in my class there were probably eight and the class, uh, you know, eight, eight, eight to ten, ten max. And are you doing all this stuff, like you uh, sword fighting and all yes, the weird training? Yes, exactly. And Alexander Method. Yes, and, and we did this thing <laughs> called American Mime. What is that? Where these, It's this mime troupe in a um, very weird group of people from New York. I yeah. don't even know if it exists anymore. And um, it's almost militaristic. There's a certain way it's tension release. And yeah. after a two-hour class, you're crying with fatigue. It, and people are like, um, the only thing you're allowed to say is... I am exalted or I am diminished. That's <laughs> so, it? Yeah, that's all. You, you, you can only express an extreme. But you have to be quiet and, and the teacher, you know, is really like a drill sergeant. And, and we, you have to jerk around? Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's very controlled um, tension 
release. Interesting. And if your stomach's sticking out, they slap it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So that was really, it was really good. It was really good. It was a, a kind of like. Um, uh, did you do ballroom dancing and stuff? We didn't do ballroom dancing. We did movement and ballet. A ballet. Ballet was so good for, especially for me and most of us. We weren't dancers, so yeah. we had to learn this very precise, controlled kind of mo- bar movements. Yeah. And you do it to this beautiful mu- music classical music yeah. every time i hear those pieces now my feet kind of want to do oh, the really? thing yeah i mean i'm not a good dancer but it was such a beautiful thing to get in touch with your body that way and just it's their small beautiful movement well that's what all of it does right mm-hmm. because like sometimes i talk to actors who didn't necessarily study acting mm-hmm. and a lot of them you know there is a certain natural ability that you either have or you don't yes but but a lot of the people that didn't train as actors in college and they're just like no, no no what my process is yeah but what whether you use that stuff or not, it integrated into you. Well, you get to, like they said, my, my teachers at Cornell, one guy said, we want you to look, we don't want you to look like you rented your body this morning. Yeah. We want you to be in touch with it all the way to the tips of your fingers so you're not at the mercy of it. Right. You are in control of your, it's your clay. Yeah. You know, it's your, it's, it's your medium. And um, we took, we did fencing. Another thing, you know, after an hour of fencing, you're dripping sweat and wanting to cry. Yeah. And we had this uh, Olympic guy who used to, uh, Coach the uh, French Olympic team. His name was Jean Jacques Gillet. Uh-huh. And I remember. Of course say, it is. Has your to be feet, his name. No, we'd say, your, your feet have to be fleet on the floor. Now I just did a Russian accent. That's okay. Uh, but that's all right. Like yeah. I said, I did not excel in accents. <laughs> no, I, I can do a lot, but I accents and dancing. Just mix them up. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> as long as it's your interpretation. Right. We, we gave the guy the right name. Right. <laughs> remember Christopher Guest in um, uh, Waiting for Guffman when he's uh, talking about doing My Fair Lady and he yeah. says, um, uh, I can't wait to get out of this L O. That's supposed to be his Cockney accent because they drop their H's. L <laughs> O. He's so funny. Yes. So they, so you go to Cornell, you fence, you dance. <laughs> I fence. You do some American mime, mime, some draining mime. Yes, exactly. And then you go to Steppenwolf, and you're in yeah. Chicago. So at what? Like, how's your life? Are you uh, are you like uh, ambitious? ambitious? Are you fucked up or what? I'm fucked up too. Yeah, I'm ambitiously fucked up. Yeah, I'm um, drinking a lot. Oh yeah, with the Steppenwolf people. Yeah, uh, not necessarily. You know, I mean, I was in the theater community. And we played softball, and I was also, uh, you know, uh, in and out of the closet. Don't let anybody know. Mm-hmm. So I would go to this bar, literally called. Of the closet. Oh, really? And um, so that was I, your your sneak away. Yeah, that was my sneak away. So yeah. I suffered around. I suffered around everything. Yeah. Um, but That's uh, Catholic, right? Yeah, exactly. Have to. And uh, I was doing. I was very much involved in non equity stuff. Where you know they don't pay you. So I would work temp during the day. I was in a Shakespeare company. Um, Holy shit! You did Shakespeare we too. We did Shakespeare. Well, we did it like out at schools, and then we would do little shows. We would do shows in the park, and uh, then I got cast at uh, Second City in the touring company. Oh, you ju- yes. right to the touring company? Right to, well, that you know, that's kind of where you start. I didn't take classes, no. But that trajectory of classes to the touring yeah. company really never happened. That 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 was just to sell classes. Oh, really? Yeah. So the touring company, that's that's hardcore kind of. It well, it is except it's it's um uh set it's a set show. You're not improvising. You're doing um oh, you know, the greatest hits of uh scenes. So are you doing prior. pretend improvising? A, a little, little bit? no, we do a little bit of, we do games like I don't sure, have a personal sure. oh, sure, dialogue right, and right. a location. Thank yeah, you, yeah, ma'am. And, yeah. well, but then been Faith yeah. Soloway was our piano player. Who is a piano player? Faith was that's where you met Faith? Uh-huh. Yeah. And you don't go you ever know you don't do the main stage or you never uh, got there? I know I did not I did not graduate up. I never got asked to the show, as they say. Uh, huh. I was uh I under studied Bonnie Hunt a lot. I got on stage and got to do her stuff, which kind of suited me very well. She's, uh, she, I think she's pretty brilliant. Yeah. And um, 
but no, I was. I remember I, I, I said to Joyce Sloan, who was the woman at the head of it and made these decisions, I would go in periodically because I was told to this. Just go in and remind her that you're here and that you'd love to be on a stage. So I would go in. And the last time I went in, she said she looked up and she said, Jane, stop. You will never be on a stage. Okay? I'm sorry, honey. And she went back to work. And I really? was just devastated. Just well, devastated. Well, I, I think you did all right. <laughs> I did okay. And you know what? Um, when Do I, those stories, like, is there any sort of schadenfreude-like satisfaction? No, in, not really. Uh, no, you know, on. no, not really. Right. Um, but <laughs> I'll, um, I got, uh, she sent me, oh, Andrew Alexander actually sent me flowers when I uh, won an Emmy for um, uh, Glee. So oh. I thought that was very nice, very nice. But you'll never see my name. Um, uh, they won't claim me. You know, you, you get if you have to be on a stage to say, you know, uh, people who have been with Second City, right. and they have all these people. Right. And my name will never be on there because you have to have been on a stage. Wow, you'd think they'd just go ahead Make and claim an exception, you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they will someday. She was almost here. She, she was, was almost, yeah, put a little asterisk ready. by yeah. my name. I don't care. Yeah. People who were ready to go. Right. <laughs> People who were unfairly shunned. <laughs> so, okay, so is that where you started your relationship with uh, the Sol- No, with the Solways. Like, uh, yeah, on the- yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, it kind of happened, but I, I, I got a, a job almost immediately doing a play at Steppenwolf right after. Well, that, that. was so after was Second rewarded. City. Yeah, that was after Second Second City, but I, you know, I met Faith through Second City, and we started um, uh, when Nick uh, Mick Napier started the Annoyance Theater. He had Wednesday nights free, and he had this overhead that was really crazy. He had to make this rent. He said, "Jill and Faith, do whatever you want. Just get people, you know, get butts in the um, yeah. place." And so they decided to do real live episodes of the Brady Bunch. We don't have to write anything, right? And we'll just uh, transcribe the script that which Jill would do. And we all went to you know uh, resale shops, got outfits for ourselves. And had our first rehearsal, and we're dying laughing, having so much fun. And so they announced it, and we were up on the roof drinking beer and having pizza before the first show. And we looked down, and there was a line down Broadway around to yeah, just caught on drive. Yeah, it was like a, from the second the second it was announced. Really, it was packed, and uh, Mick loves drinking and smoking, so he allowed people to smoke and drink in the theater. And we had old couches and old. I mean, it was a fire hazard, right? Uh, but it was a raucous, fun, good time. And who it was. Uh, uh, Hutzel, Melanie Hutzel. Oh, Melanie Hutzel, who did, did play Jan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Melanie Hutzel, Becky Thire. Becky Thire. Pat Town. Um, Richter. Andy Richter. Me. Uh, my friend Mary Weiss played Alice. Yeah. Um, and then we had a bunch of guest stars. How long did it run there? Uh, it ran in Chicago for about, oh, let me think. Our first commercial was, well, it's the summer of 1990. And I think we went to New York in 91, the, like the spring of 91. And then um, we went, came out here in the spring of '92, with the with the show at to Westwood Playhouse. And when did you? So when did you decide to move here? I went home after the Westwood Playhouse to do live with Jill's mom yeah. and do the play at Steppenwolf, inspecting Carol. And then I came back here after the run in L.A. Yeah, uh-huh. after the run. Then I came back here in probably '93, and I got an apartment and I haven't left. And that was it. That was it. I was here. So how bad, like, you know, in terms of, like, when did you finally, you know, come out? Like, you mean out of the so, closet? Yeah. like Oh, no, it was never official. It just kind of happened, you know? It just kind of happened. You didn't need to announce? I didn't need to announce. I didn't have to, have to have a press conference. I remember there's a story of one, of one of the guys in our group who everybody knew he was gay and he right. wasn't out yet. And he said to Mick one day, Mick Napier, uh, who's kind of fluid in terms of his sexuality, said, Mick... 
can, can we have margaritas tonight? And Mick's looking at his watch going, yeah, sure. He knows exactly what it is. Right. I have to talk to you about something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he's got so much to do that night, too. It was the night the Brady's opened or something. Yeah. So they're having margaritas. He's eating the salsa. And he's yeah. looking at his watch. And he goes, okay, what's up? What's up? He goes, well, I think I'm gay. And he said, I knew that. Now let's get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> You're okay with it? I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> what do you think was going to happen? <laughs> right, right. No. I don't yeah, know right. you. I don't know you. You're not my friend anymore. <laughs> that doesn't happen yeah, so in theater. So I didn't do that. I didn't have any of those no, moments. Yeah. Just kind of, but you, you grew more comfortable with it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how, <laughs> like, in, in terms of your comfort factor around that, how did that coincide with alcohol use? Um, Interesting. I bet they probably went hand in hand. I never really thought about it. But, you know, I got sober um, while we were doing the, because I was a big drunk doing the first, the Brady Bunch at uh, Were you messy? Were you known? No. I oh. wasn't messy. Everybody else was much messier than right me. and they're still drinking and they're know, fine with it bastards i know i don't know how they do it yeah i haven't drank 16 years i got oh yeah oh good yeah, for you yeah, yeah. yeah. well yeah. i'm still i'm having a glass of wine oh yeah that's nice. but i mean i'm I, it's 25 years right so i think i'm i'm gonna be fine um <laughs> she said the last time <laughs> right, exactly. anyone interviewed her right exactly jane's <laughs> final interview <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. not dead she's just <laughs> at home right exactly she hasn't left <laughs> hasn't left the house um, yeah so that uh, I, yeah I didn't get sloppy but I think uh, yeah I get, started getting much lighter as a person around my, the age of 33 when I got sober just like our Lord Jesus Christ left the planet at that what? point, ascended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ascended in my own way, uh-huh. and uh, um, everything became lighter. Every lighter, you mean you felt better with yourself? Oh, I was happy. I was giggling, happy, oh. kind of in a bliss that's never left me. Really? Yeah. I, I, I don't get to. I haven't, you know, knock on wood. I haven't been depressed in decades. And what, what you don't? Know, what do you attribute that to? I, I think I dropped stuff with, you know. It and just I don't happened. Really, yeah, I don't think you can consciously do it. Like I got struck sober. I really just woke up one day and I was done. Well, you, well, you have a very like, um, like you seem to have a, a strong personality around that, around yeah. things like decision making. And yeah, but it wasn't conscious, and it wasn't like a, you know. Uh, do you, is it a spiritual moment for I you? I think or? it's a spiritual moment. Yeah, I'm trying to describe something in a soundbite that's really, I think, quite uh, something you can't describe. And you and you you see it that way. I, like, yeah, well, I experienced it that uh-huh. way. Yeah, that's how I guess if I were to tell the story of my life, I would put it in the spiritual the, chapter. The white light moment. Right, exactly. But you yeah. don't you don't attribute it. To, but your spirituality is fluid. <laughs> Well, I hope I live in a good state of presence as much as I presence. can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know. Is that a Buddhist word? Like, how is that word? Like, I understand presence. the word and, and I, I like it and I know I feel it when I'm on stage and I yeah. think we do what we do yeah. for that immediacy. It's like hooking but, into that thing where the ego doesn't really exist right. and where um, trying and effort doesn't exist. It's just kind of a. Right, right. So, like, did any of that coincide with you? Getting real? Sober? Well, no, not so much getting sober, but to have that thing. To, to like the happiness thing because mm-hmm. I the only time that's happened to me is recently because like I finally got to a point where I wasn't just trying to get somewhere yeah yes yeah and you know I stopped trying to get somewhere right I was still very yes yes and I was driving I had a little red golf I still have a red golf I just bought a new one yeah I was driving around in my little red golf and and going to auditions and I was like hey I want to do voiceover let me get a voiceover agent hey I want to do this I want to do commercials I wonder if there's a way I can you know start doing guest spots on sitcoms and you know and I just started, when you got here yeah when I got here and I, I was lucky in that I had an agent from Chicago who also had an office here in Los Angeles and so I kind of hit the ground running and it it was it, it was even though I mean I wasn't a star and I wasn't rich Everything was flowing so nicely. It and was you're lovely. enjoying yourself? And I was enjoying myself. I was loving it. 
That's, loving, loving, loving it. Well, that's great. So, yeah. what was this thing you did out here with um, Will Ferrell and those people? Well, how did that go? It was called the um, Beachwood Palace Jubilee, and <laughs> we had this guy, a really funny guy, who did this MC named um, uh, Adamola Olega Bafola. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, we everybody would do their um, their gigs. Yeah, you know, they'd come in like the Roxbury guys. Uh, Chris and Will came in and did did it at our our thing and. Um, Anna Gasteyer would do her thing. Uh, Molly Shannon would do her thing. And then we'd do se- things together. We'd do scenes. And, so there were uh, a lot of uh, groundling people. Yeah, a lot of groundling people. And then, of course, all of us, too. So it was the a v- real live Brady Bunch. You know, so it was a variety Brady. show thing. Yeah, it was a variety show. And at the end, we always did a musical number we had no business doing. Something like It's a Hard Knock Life we did yeah. once. We did Good Morning Starshine. Uh, we did a, a chorus line. We did oh my God, there's At such, the Ballet. Such funny people. Yeah, it was great. It was hilarious. It was a night to be reckoned with. I bet. And it was Monday nights, and we did it for probably a couple of years. I mean, Will Ferrell is like, you, you just sit there with, when, when you're around he him. He wasn't like, there every day, but he no, was. No, no, but he, like, he, he's one of those oddly kind of like, how how do you get that funny? Yeah, I know. I it's know. Where I don't know where it comes from. I saw him in a Monday show um, at the Groundlings way back when, yeah. when I first got here, and Every scene was absurd and weird and done with such love and such joy. And then Chris Catan used to do this thing where you climb up him like a monkey. Yeah. And Will would just stand there and he'd you know, kind of help right, him and he'd right. climb all the way up to his neck <laughs> and then grab a hold of him. It was hilarious. I'd never seen anything like that. Yeah. So were you doing all that when you came out here? Mm-hmm. So you you know you had a good agent, and you had you know, all these great friends, yeah. And you know the Brady Bunch had a great reputation, so you're hanging out with top notch funny people, right? But you didn't want to be in the Groundlings. Uh yeah, I didn't even think about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were done. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah you're, I think I was done with yeah, yeah I the mean, training I, and where I was, the people I was working with. Yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't even cross my mind like to take a class or anything. Right. So you just started working. Yeah, and you would do anything. I would do anything. Absolutely. Yeah, I did anything. I mean, short of porn. But right. I, I, I would. I, I, at one point, I stopped doing the sketch stuff, and we, you know, it was falling away for all of us. Yeah. But I remember going, ah, I don't want to do another closing number in my underwear. We did a lot of that, too. <laughs> a lot of pantyhose and briefs. <laughs> you got to for the closer. <laughs> you have you gotta, to. Come on. You got to close gotta big. Put, we got to put it out there. And so I uh, started doing, I took a bunch of my stuff, like I, monologue stuff I had done alone, and I started bringing it, like there was a show at Highways that Terry uh, Sweeney was putting on. And I met people like Taylor Negron. Taylor, and, yeah. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. I mean, he was an amazing monologuist. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Kathy great, Griffin. great rhythm. Yeah, he did. He had this thing where he was talking about Uggs. Yeah. And how wonderful they are in the snow. Yeah, yeah. And his voice would trail off. Right. Yeah, he was just the... So that was that Uncabaret crew. Yeah, I guess it wasn't... A little before. It wasn't, yeah, but it wasn't Uncabaret. It wasn't... Uh, maybe it was a little before. Yeah. Or maybe it was at the same time, but... Um, uh, so it was Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin and I can't remember... Nora Dunn. Yeah. So I met a lot of people who were stand on their own types who yeah. did their own thing and so I started doing my own what thing. What was your own thing? My first thing was this uh, character I called the angry lady and I wore a <laughs> neck brace <laughs> yeah. I had an uh, eye patch and uh-huh. I had a broken middle finger uh-huh. and she was just a victim and everything was about how she was minding her own business. Oh that's so And funny. somebody passed her on the right while she was on her bicycle and she you know broke her neck and <laughs> I'm going to sue everybody within a 20 mile radius and she could barely talk <laughs> to talk into the microphone like this and she was so angry and I came on to the uh, Ride of the Valkyries music uh-huh. you know that Wagner 
And, um, so that was my first one. And then I, I took a monologue class, and one of the people in the class was Nora Dunn, who's a wonderful writer and a wonderful girl. and um, Good actress. And, yeah, and a great actress. Yeah. And we were all started writing. Yeah. Marshall Wilkie, too, a, yeah. another wonderful writer. and um, Writing for characters? Yeah, writing for characters. And yeah, I, I guess that would end up, yeah, yeah it was, they were monologues. Was Julia Sweeney around? Uh, she was not around, but she was uh, doing her show at yeah, that time. right. And then I, I cobbled together all these monologues and all these characters and some silly little lesbian folk songs that I'd come up with. Uh-huh. And, and I put a show together and put it on a tamarind and I called it Oh Sister, My Sister. Uh-huh. And it was uh, d- Deeply Feminine Tales of the Deep Feminine. Uh-huh. And um, I had a bunch, a couple of friends in it. I had a friend who uh, did the sound and at that time it was cassette tapes. So every time a sound cue was coming up, she'd click play. <laughs> Eject could play. So that was her job. And a lighting guy. Yeah. And I had my two friends in it. And um, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Great little theater. Yeah, great theater. Did you find that was, um, like, I imagine at this point that to the uh, gay and lesbian community, you're somewhat of a hero on I, some level. Well, at that, I took that show to the Gay and Lesbian Center and I premiered it. I was one of the first shows at the Lily Tomlin Jane Wagner Theater. Oh. And so, yeah, that's when I started getting a little uh, cred in the LGBT. Community. Uh-huh. Yes. Did you meet Lily? I yes, I met Lily under different circumstances later on and she yeah, she's the best. Yeah. I've given her awards, you know, where you, oh, yeah? we're honoring Lily Tomlin. I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll make the speech. <laughs> Who does the Lily Tomlin awards? <laughs> Jane Lynch. <laughs> Jane Lynch does, does them. them, yeah. Then she gave me one. <laughs> oh, she did? Yes. Yeah. How great really. was that? Oh, just just uh, a peak experience. Doesn't get any better than that. It's uh, it, well that's it's it's sort of uh, amazing like I can't the evolution of that community in general, yeah. across, like, is 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 beautiful thing. Yeah, it is because, it, like, in your lifetime, the differences in in how people live is mm-hmm. extraordinary. It is. It's it, it's just a huge leap. And now, and this is a, a, what I hope will happen. I mean, I bet it happens on the coasts first. Is yeah. Now, uh, hopefully, it's just such a non-brainer, yeah. no-brainer that it we don't even need a gay and lesbian center. I think we will always need a gay and lesbian center, though, for the kids who are in the flyover states that don't have, you know, the support that we have here. Yeah. So we always need a place to, you know. Yeah, it's and weird. And for all kids, all kids need a place to, where, to go where they're loved, you know. And, right, to feel accepted. And feel accepted, you know. And I know there's a lot of uh, straight kids out on the street, too. The Gay and Lesbian Center specializes yeah. in getting those gay kids that have been kicked right. out of their But what about just the, the sweet, sensitive, chubby ones? I know. Let's, <laughs> and you know what? They are not turned away, which is wonderful. <laughs> what, what about the, the people that just don't know how to talk to yeah, right. the, the other people, but they're good folks inside? Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Everybody deserves a, a, a place of refuge. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's sort of interesting that there's that philosophy of like you know come on fight it out high school's high school but yeah. like you know high school's ruined quite a few people it sure has boy you oh know boy. you know what i mean like yeah. not gay aside gay lesbian inside just like people who are sensitive yeah like if, if they don't gravitate towards some sort of nerdy pastime they might be full-on loners well the great thing about the world today is yeah. that the people like bill gates are now our heroes yeah. i mean take a look at the face on that guy when he's now and when he was a kid i'm sure he probably but he had such confidence in what he knew you know and i think that uh it's revenge in the nerds right now it is you know yeah yeah i mean culturally i think we're, we're getting a little exhausted yeah of the nerds yeah yeah, but, <laughs> yeah exactly. i've had it with the nerds yeah, actually I, I, me too. I think they need to go back to the mar- mar- be marginalized. Yeah, can we just go yeah, right. back to like entertaining everybody? Yeah. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I can't. Uh, I don't know enough about comic books or sci-fi movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, all right. So, how do you? Uh, how does it happen that you, you know, start defining yourself as a comic actress? When does the relationship with Chris? You did commercials yeah. and everything. I never defined myself as anything. I really didn't. It's well, just okay. The let's say that, that the, say the world did. did. Right. That's fine. They so, defined me. But you did commercials and you yeah. did like um, voiceovers and little things. Right. And, like, and guest spots on sitcoms. Right. And stuff like that. So you were yeah, just yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. I was. A, I was a. You know. A kind of in a position that there aren't. There isn't a world for it anymore. That kind of middle class actor. Right. It's either feast or famine in, right. in the business. Well, there there are a few of them, but they're the only ones working. Like, yeah, right, like, exactly. you know, There's a middle class actor, but there's nine of them. There's nine of them, and exactly. <laughs> right. But there was when you were starting. Yeah. There yeah. was a place, and there was an, enough... Well, it seems like there's a lot of stuff being made, but there might not be a lot of stuff being seen. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, you mean now? Yeah. Yeah, there's so much being made I guess there's now. not a lot of stuff being made for no money. Yeah. Is the difference. Is but that there's you could... so much on television now. It seems to me that there can be a middle class actor, maybe. I'll bet there is. Because, you know, there's shows I've never seen. Oh, people bring shows up all the time. They're like, have you seen this? It's in its fourth season. I'm like, what the fuck? Where is it? It's a... Bates Hotel. I, I watched the first episode yesterday. It's an amazing show. I didn't even know about well, it. Well, like you said before, though, you run out of time. I, yeah. don't, I don't even know how people have time to have dinner with people. Yeah, I know. I, I just, you know, when you do what we do, yeah. you're sort of half so self-employed and yeah. if you're employed you know that that's completely consuming yeah and then when you're not doing something steady you got a million other things going right on. right so there's no time for anybody no that's why you just have a community in your house yes you don't have to try. <laughs> i got the warm bodies right there right yeah <laughs> you just have dinner there right but i would say wouldn't you say that the first time that you really sort of became defined as yeah. a comic actress was, was with chris? chris yes absolutely yeah i was doing a commercial um, for uh, Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, and he really? di- he directed it. Oh, yeah! So I went through the audition process, and then at the callback, there he was directing okay. a, a frosted. I guess everyone's got to make a living. He directs commercials all the time. He does the ESPN, the hilarious ESPN commercials. If you ever laugh out loud at a commercial, Christopher Guest directed. Does he do it because he likes to? I think because he likes to. He does not need the money. Right. I think he di- he does it because he loves it. Because like because like advertising people. That if you're in the funny advertising mm-hmm. people game, I mean that's a very competitive, very sometimes very brilliant little world. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is the Joe Pitkas. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And one of the the, uh, the 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 rules that Chris has, and he has it when he makes a movie too, is nobody is allowed to have any input. So that can be maddening for like a client, but they do it. They do it anyway. Oh, the, the they client? are off in a room. Like the, the Kellogg's people were off in a room, aren't allowed to talk to us, not allowed to talk to him. Oh, okay. So that's his fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to assume there had to be a fuck you in there somewhere. Yeah, I think he collaborates in the beginning, but then in the, sh- you know, he basically says, this is how it goes. And, uh-huh. you know, when he's creating and he's doing his thing, you know. And that's how you met him. That's how I met him, yeah. And and then he just loved you, or how did it I work? I guess so. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, yeah. Yes, and I love him too. Yeah. He told me at lunch when we were doing uh, the Kellogg's Frosted Flakes thing. He said, "You know, I do movies," and I'm like, "Yeah." I'm waiting for Guffman. Come on, it's Final Tap. And he said, "You know, maybe doing another one. I hope we can work together again." And I said, "I would love that." And then I ran into him at a restaurant about six months later. And yeah. He went, oh yeah, Jane, I forgot about you. Come to my office today. Yeah. And by the end of the day, uh, he had asked me to go to Vancouver to do Best in Show. So that's how that came down. That's a great character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my God. And, that's uh, so funny. Jennifer Coolidge, uh, the best, oh my God. best partner a girl could ask for. In it's her, hilarious. In her, in her maiden voyage with the Christopher Guest people. Yeah. Was that her first time? Yeah, it was her her first time. Where so. did she come from? <laughs> she, you know, she'd been around. She was. I had seen her around. She's about my age. Right. I had seen her around. She'd done She TV. Yeah. Do you remember She TV? A little bit. It was really funny. And um, 
She was at the Groundlings. Right. She was a Groundling. And but that, like, that role for her was just that. Yeah, was that was hilarious. her breakout. Yeah, she was just firing on all cylinders. And now he, when you work with him, is it? It's a lot of improv. It's all improv. Yeah. yeah, there's no and there's no rehearsal and he just shoots. So that experience, yes. how did that change your whole life? Well, it changed my career for sure because people knew who I was and kind of almost by name. So that was nice. And I started getting offers as opposed to having to audition, which I right. loved. Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah. But yeah. how many of them were for, for uh, butch women? <laughs> right. <laughs> there were a lot. Near, let me tell you, I had a brilliant agent yeah. um, who would send me out for things for, that were written for men. Uh-huh. And then the casting directors get to feel like they were thinking outside of the box when they cast me. So right. I got a lot of those roles. Got a lot of doctors, therapists, cops, detectives. Um, that were written for men. That were written for men. Now, when Glee happened, mm-hmm. did you have any... How did that happen? Um, that, you know, I knew Ryan Murphy. I had done um, uh, a really funny guest spot on Popular. Yeah. Very popular. I, I, it was an insane, hilarious... I played like five different people and um we had a blast and uh then 10 years later he offered me sue sylvester which was kind of a cool thing yeah and um i guess that the sue sylvester was not in the pilot and kevin riley who was running fox at the time said you need a villain and so ian um brennan who is <laughs> the guy who actually is glee was his brainchild and he's one of the darkest funniest guys i've ever met he's a chicago guy too also when you meet him he's all light he's very oh mm-hmm. but uh he he writes really dark stuff and he created sue sylvester and so i was the recipient of his crazy manic darkness for six and a half years it's it's done yeah i didn't know that yeah it uh it ended at uh it uh let's see we did five and a half seasons actually but it was six and a half years i guess it, the last episode was on about a year ago and it's like it was hugely successful. Yeah, especially in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It changed like it changed culture. Yeah, it did. I mean, a lot of kids just uh, you know it, it would really helped kids who love to sing and love to do plays and stuff like that, and it showed the cool kids doing it as well. And I think it might have brought the musical back. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, on TV though. No, no, but I mean in general. Yeah, I, that, well, I think people, yeah, I think kids, because and, and adults too love this show, um, they kind of stuck to the musical format. Mm-hmm. Not not 100%. Right. Um, but uh, you know how a musical is you don't sing a song unless you are uh, in such a state as a character that the only way to express yourself is through music. We didn't always stick to that. Right. But um, uh, yeah, I think it did, it revived the musical in a lot of people's hearts. Yeah, because I, 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 like, I don't know, you know, some people are very, did you grow up with musical? Yeah, I, mean, I did. I did. Loved them, yeah. Uh, uh, Rogers and Hammerstein, and because I, I have, I'm affected them. by them, mm-hmm. but I don't seek them out. You don't seek them. Out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like if I go to one, I, I'm immediately emotional because mm-hmm. people yeah. are singing, and I find that to be so vulnerable. It is, and, isn't it? It's one of the most vulnerable things. I, th- I think so too. I th- I totally think so. Standing Some people, up there and going, oh, it's, it's just it's so revealing. Right then, I got emotional. Aww. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it but, is raw. But people who sing, they don't really think that way necessarily because they're singers. But to somebody like I think because I'm so to me, it's such a vulnerable place to be. Yeah, I because, agree. But to people who just belt it out, they're like, what are you talking about? Just get yeah. up there and put it out there. But I think the reason we we respond to it is because it, 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 it they express for us, too. You know, and I think that's why a lot of kids want to be singers, because they they feel something so deep that they don't even understand. Yeah. And, and they can uh, experience some release and some catharsis through singing. Yeah, and it's so human. Like, when you see, like, it's that theater thing again. I've been talking this, about this uh, for to a few people, I think, like... Like, even when you go to the opera, I don't have any idea what the hell the opera is. I've only mm-hmm. been to one or two. Yeah, me too. But, but you forget that, like, 
you're, it's not amplified. Mm-hmm. You just have someone up there singing over an orchestra of wooden instruments. Well, now it's amplified. No, I know. Yeah, but, but, but like the vulnerability is, yes. is still there because yeah. of the human factor. Yes. And you don't, you, know, you don't see that very much. Right. And with singing, like with musicals, you, you can hear the, the foot stomping and like, yeah, you know, you're yeah. like, oh my God. It's, it's so real, isn't it? It's a yeah. world. It's, it's a whole world and it's lit. It's alive. And do you want to do a musical? I do. Yeah, I did Annie on Broadway over the two summers ago. Really? I stepped in for Miss Hannigan for two months. How was that? Oh, the best. I hadn't been on stage in probably 25 years. Really? And I just had the best time. And that's why I started doing the stage show. Right. I had so much fun. What kind of venue? are doing the stage show in. a lot of performing arts centers huge 1500 sure. seat theaters subscription um, theaters so yeah a lot of subscription theaters um, some gorgeous places like mm-hmm. we were just in Omaha and they have this performing arts center that is just gorgeous and with the best acoustics in the world now, everybody came out if they filled the joint yeah. same thing in Minneapolis but then we'll do that's a great theater place. town though yeah they, Minneapolis they are, yeah, very they are a great, great culture town yep indeed they are um, yeah, so we uh, we are a lot of performing arts centers, and then of course we just did Largo, which was a joy, about three hundred seats. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. We're going to do did um, the Hollywood people come out. Hi, uh, Jane. Uh, yeah, they, I kind of they kind of did. They kind of yeah. didn't too. Yeah, it was a mix of people. It was yeah. it was a, it was a it was a blast. There were a lot of great people that came out. That surprised me. I don't know about you, but I don't like to know who's in the audience. Oh no, I never do. It, yeah. it bothers me sometimes. I just want to do the show. Yeah, it bothers me to know that me like because then you're sort of like, well, that person's going to judge me that way. Exactly. Because I'm judging them. Yes. And I barely know <laughs> I know. Them. I judge them. <laughs> so of course, they're, they're judging me. <laughs> yeah, I don't like to know who's out there. In fact, people come and go, yeah, you know who's coming? And I go, don't, 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 And we're, when we do the, we're doing a big tour in June all over the country. We're doing like 21 dates. Yeah. God help let my voice last through that whole do thing. Do you take care of it? Do you, know, um, do you I have do. tricks? Do you know things? Not really. No, I don't have tricks, but I don't, you know, I was just going to say I don't drink and smoke, but I, right. I've been doing a little bit of that lately. Maybe I have to cut that out. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty good at, you know, getting my sleep and stuff, so I think I should be Did okay. you take voice training? No, no, not at all. I have very strong pipes naturally, knock on wood. Wow. And there have been times that, I, that I've lost them. Like I got acid, acid reflux where it was burning my esophagus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my voice started to suffer. And, oh, my God, I took it for granted for so many years. It's delicate. It's a del- It can be a delicate thing. I don't want to treat it like it's too delicate, but, you know, i got to watch out for I it. took one, one singing lesson because someone gave it mm-hmm. to me as a gift. Mm-hmm. And I almost cried. <laughs> really? Yeah, Why? because, well, because it's like, I just find, you're like, uh, like that place it's where vulnerable. you find all your breath. Yeah, it's like yeah. you just feel like no. This is no, this is very close to crying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. But there's nothing like it. Man. No, there isn't. I got to do more of it. Yeah, we're you know we're, we've been doing the show a lot. So both Kate and I are probably in the best voice we've been in a long time. And this guy Tim Davis also sings with us. He was the vocal arranger on Glee, and he's got an amazing voice. How do you know her, uh, Kate? Kate yeah, um, from Chicago. We both were at the Annoyance Theater at the same time. So she's from there too. Yeah, she's actually from philadelphia but she came out to she's Chicago. a riot yeah she is she's and she's one of the nicest people in the world and she's the best freaking sidekick ever she really i kind of do an eve arden type thing and yeah. she's my Kay ballard you know it's a oh. it's it's such a great little match you know um it just uh i i love her i, cu- I couldn't do the show without her she's the best i can't believe how much um film and television you've done yeah, <laughs> I never say no. <laughs> like I'm thinking, I'm sitting here. Like I pull this up sometimes. Like maybe there's a couple things we need to. There's too much. Like, <laughs> it's, so, yeah. Well, and then like the, and then like there are these moments with your with your resume. Like oh shit, she. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's a lot of those roles. Yeah, yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I just remembered Afternoon Delight, Jill's movie. Yeah, The therapist. Yeah, that, was, right. that was hilarious. Oh, thank you. I was doing her therapist. She's got such a great view on people. And the most interesting Do you people, knew the person? I didn't. The most interesting people cross her path. It's just like she magnetizes the most interesting, and she's one of the most... N- Accepting and compassionate people. Well, that's what. Well, that's what's yeah. interesting about her because it's sort of hard to peg her personality if you just talk to her. Mm-hmm. But like she's, you know, she's very. Um, uh, um, what do I want? It, it, she's got this weird mixture of uh, completely defined yet seemingly boundaryless. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And she'll go anywhere with you. Right. It's tricky because yeah. she's definitely has a core. It's strong. It's planted. But when you're with her, you're like, you're not sure where, mm-hmm. you know, like it, there's a, a porousness to it that is. That's open. a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's hard to. And she's curious. Which yeah. I, well, I, I think that, that helps. Like, yeah. Yeah. Go, Why do you think you th- you did that? Right. Do you think, uh, you do think A, is it because of blah, blah, blah? Do you think B, because, yeah. you know? Really? Or is it a combination? Huh. You know, she's interested in motivation and what makes people tick on a deep level, uh, not see, the superficial. You know what I just felt when you told me that? Mm. I have to do that now. I have to, I, <laughs> like, I should really be more like that. More, more curious? Yeah, about that. <laughs> right. Specifically. Especially in this Why job. Why do you just do that? Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I don't want people to feel weird at their interview. Like, yeah. you know, they say one sentence and it's sort of, and I'm like, but wait, why did you? Why did you no, say- no, it's deeper than that. <laughs> uh oh. Now we're in therapy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, but I'd don't. go there with you. I'd sure. go there with you. Well I, I well, I feel like we've we've gone some places. What's going on with your, your personal life? You good? I'm great. Yeah. I you know, I'm very very happy. I don't I have any desire for partnership or romance. So that takes a lot of So pressure. you don't have a partner. No. No, but I mean, you know, Jen's like my partner, but right. we're not, you know, right? You know, we're not kissing, right? Partners. Right. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I, I go out to so, dinner with my friends, and I. But you just like, do you uh, randomly kiss people? No, 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 no interest. Of, and in my, sometimes in my dream, I'll have a dream about somebody, and I'll kiss them, and then I wake up and go. Eh. But did you have that realization where you're like, you know, the relationships, sexually, re- sexual relationships with responsibility, are after a certain point like a little taxing. Yes. I'm, I get overwhelmed. And I think I've always been that way. Yeah. And I just didn't want to admit it because I was in under the influence of the social meme that says one must find a partner. And, and also, once, you maybe once you're I a little, let that go, I was all right. Maybe you were a little compelled by the drama because drama is very compelling. Yeah. And you feel you're alive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, I'm screaming. Yeah. I'm right. Alive. Exactly. And then <laughs> then you think you're over and you return to the scene of the crime. Sure. Remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure you remembered. Yeah. Right. And revisit. And also, I want you to remember that I forgave you. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you don't appreciate that enough. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been those. I've had it's those. So childish, isn't it? Isn't kind. Isn't it kind of on an infantile level? And I know there are relationships that go deeper than that. And I've seen them in my life around me, where there are two people, but they have to get through that infantile stage. Yeah. And then it deepens into something beautiful and wonderful. And maybe even sex isn't a part of it, or maybe sex is a part of it. But maybe it doesn't have to be the main part. Right. Well, if right. it's the main part, that's where you run into trouble. Exactly. You, yeah, you, yeah. You cannot live by sex alone. No, you can't. <laughs> Especially as you get older, because you get tired. You get it's tired. Just, of it. <laughs> it's just too much work. It, it's always been too much work for me. Always. Oh God. Okay. Can, yeah. Maybe it'll, it'll be over soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell. Can we just go quick? Is yeah, there right, any way right. we can go quick? <laughs> I know exactly what I need. Just tell me what you need. And maybe we get this done. Wait. Hold on. I'll do it myself. Just lie over there. Stroke my brow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was perfect. Are you good? Right. <laughs> what now? I watched. Um, 
I've actually watched uh, the Hollywood Game Night a couple times. Oh yeah, I'm not. I didn't say that in a condescending way. It's just not necessarily a show that it was necessarily made for me. But, and, but not unlike a musical, when I have it on, I'm like, oh, this is they're having fun, fun and vulnerable, yeah. and they like those kind of. They games. are fun and vulnerable. That's what's so great about it is the actors the, that show up to right. do it are. Yeah. Uh, celebrities are um, game, and they know that there's a really good chance they're going to look like an idiot. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrified of it. Dude, just the idea, like, I've never played charades in my life. <laughs> like, because, like, I'd be the guy that, like, as soon as they didn't know, I'd be like, oh, just, f- just fucking tell them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, right. like, I don't have that, that, that fun part of me for that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it seems like I everyone's. I don't either, but I love know? being the host of it. Well, whose idea was that? Uh, it's Sean Hayes. Oh. Yeah, he, he has a terrific, um, I don't know, they've had one recently, but he has. Um, terrific game nights at his house where he mixes all sorts of people like his celebrity friends his his uh, you know a friend who's a chef and mm-hmm. you know someone who's an accountant and we have these great nights and I've been to a couple of them and they're fantastic he made to makes up all the games and we go from room to room and they're big events they're kind of events that I don't like going to so much yeah but I enjoyed his right and I especially enjoyed watching him be the host of it <laughs> I don't so when he asked me to do it I was like you bet Really, it's like, like just describing that, like I uh, want to take a nap. Yeah, you? I don't. I just, I don't like. I've been, like, I don't. You don't seem to have this, but like, there's part of me that's sort of like, I know it would be fun, but yeah, I don't want to do me. it. That's me. Absolutely, that's me. Yeah, it sounds great. Like my niece was saying, oh, you go to this place out in Malibu. They play music and they have these lights and and everybody gets together and they get blankets and then they watch a movie. This sounds like so much fun, but I'm not going to do it. There's no way in hell I'm going to do it. And as she's telling the story, I'm like, oh, isn't that nice? And then the ocean's right there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how beautiful. No, yeah, I have no interest in I'm doing it. I'm not driving it. down there. No, I'm not? going to bed. Yeah, there's, there's sand. It, and right, it's 6.40 p.m. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I don't know what that is because usually if I go, I have a pretty good time. Me too. What is yeah. that? I don't know. I don't know. Laziness. I guess. And also social anxiety for me. I just don't like Social anxiety and also just like like tonight. I like I'm a so- lot of people. I don't like being around a lot of people. Right. And also just driving there. Yeah. Oh, oh Malibu God. too. Oh my God. Oh, and she gets she's jumping in her car. We're going to Malibu. <laughs> oh my God. Malibu? Why? And there's going to be in traffic for about an hour and a half yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, nah, I can do it. Yeah. But I've, I've, if that's if that's old, if that's being old, I've always been old. I just get, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I talk myself out of a lot of stuff. Anxiety, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're good. This is great. Are I, you I, good? I feel like we've given and we've given and we've given. We have. Until we been, can't give anymore. Yeah. We probably could if there was an we encore. Could. Like if, if I didn't a, have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, right. right. I go to the bathroom? Right. Yeah. Right. I have one. Oh, encores. I love encores. You do? Yes, I do. But we don't have to do one. No. Well, you, will, you can go to the bathroom. We don't have to come back. No, let's not. Thanks. That was me and Jane Lynch. Very nice. Uh, a very uh, I enjoyed meeting her. She's she's exactly as you would expect. It was great. It was it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to talk to her. Go to wtfpod.com. Get yourself a t-shirt or a poster or something. Get the Howl app. I'm sweating. I'm sweating out here. Okay, play some guitar a little. All right.